1: Welcome to Intuitive Connections, where spirituality and psychology meet to help you be your best and brightest self. I'm your host, Victoria Shaw, and in each episode, I'll help you to awaken your own inner wisdom, step into your power, and live a more divinely inspired life. You're here to let your inner light shine. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Intuitive Connection. Today, I am so, so, so excited for the guest that we have, Jacob Nordby. I said it right this time, right? Yes, you did. And everyone on the show knows that I ask everyone that question because I am dyslexic and and I have a lot of trouble pronouncing and sometimes spelling people's names. But anyway, Jacob Nordby, who is the author of The Creative Cure, which I just finished reading. And I am so excited to share with you. Jacob is also the author of other books, including. Blessed are the Weird, which I haven't read yet, but I'm gonna. And he's the co-founder of the Institute for Creative Living. So Jacob, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you so much. I've been excited to be here ever since Chris Niebauer introduced us.
1: Yeah, I was excited. And I'm going to tell you a story about that because it's kind of funny. I know that he is... Is he a faculty for the Institute of Creative Living? He is. So the day that I interviewed him. It was after we interviewed, but before we, I always do a Facebook live with guests when they're open to it the week that their episode goes live. And I was walking down the beach and I was getting geared up and thinking about it. And I had this weird thought that came into my brain. You guys should teach a class together. And I was like, well, that's kind of weird. Cause I don't know what we would teach together. And I don't know why we would do that. And I'm often like a lone wolf when it comes to my work. I love interviewing people, but like I've never co-taught anything with anyone. That's what I got to say but the thought didn't go away. So at the end of our conversation, I said, you know, I had this weird thought that we should co-teach a class together. And then he started to tell me about you and tell me about what he was doing. And I was like, oh, and I think that's often how our guidance works, right? It just, it knows what to stick into our brain. And if we listen to it, and if we follow it, then amazing things happen. So I think this is an amazing thing. And I'm so glad we got connected.
0: (laughs) Me too. And you're touching on so many things that are so important to me. Like Inner guidance and how, in our culture, we uh, have been taught conditioned to stray from or just completely disconnect from our inner guidance. Um, so we can get into that whenever you want to. But these are these are really important topics for me.
1: Yeah, and that is something that we get into every single week on this podcast because that is that is what I do. And for me, that intuitive connection it's it's everything. And the more yeah. I learn to listen to it, the more life grows. But What I'm really fascinated about is that relationship between our intuition and creativity. Mm -hmm. It's always been my belief, and I can't wait to hear how you see it, but it's always been my belief that anyone who's doing anything well in their life is connected with their intuition, period. When we are in the flow as a healer, as a helper, as a creative, as an athlete, as a business person, when we are really getting it right and inspired, it's because we're connecting with our soul, because we're hearing our higher guidance. But I think creativity is one of those places where that is just so true and it's a little bit more natural and normal to think about those two things going together, right?
0: Well, I think so. And we'll talk in a minute about right brain and left brain, what's going on with some of that. But, you know, Victoria, one thing that I really would love to do to kind of frame up our conversation today is you mentioned it right before we got on the air, but so for me, the definition of creativity is so important and how it has become defined is so limiting. What I have experienced and then experimented with and now teach and share is that creativity is the ground of your being. It's not something over there that certain people get to have. And most of us don't, or certain people have so much of and most of us get by with just a thimbleful. to me connecting with your creativity, if we could just all imagine we could erase the word creativity because kind of like love or God or intuition, it has just been cloaked in all this mystery and like really a lot of myth, which means that most people look at it and go, I can't connect with it or I don't get to have enough of it. And to me, that's like my dear friend, Julia Cameron loves to say, there is no such thing as an uncreative person. Every human being is creative
1: right? You are creativity. You are the generative force of creation incarnate, right? I mean, that's who and what we are. And I love what you said too, because a lot of times when I'm giving readings, and I actually think this just happened in a reading on the show, my guidance, and that's how I connect with my intuition. I understand that I, I connect with spiritual guides and I'll talk about creativity and people have such a limited understanding of what that means. And they'll think, oh, you know, where are you creative in your business? Well, I don't know. I'm a banker. Like bankers aren't creative or I'm an accountant. Accountants are, everyone is creative and every act is creative. And, but I think a lot of people just think creativity is like drawing or painting or singing or making music or dancing. And all those things are definitely creative outlets, right? But it's more than that.
0: So much more than that. Yeah, just just for a moment, let's just, everyone listening, just if you are not driving or skydiving or something, changing a baby's diaper, put your hand over your heart and close your eyes. Just take a deep breath with me. I'd like you to let your attention settle down into the top of your head and imagine that it's moving slowly down the back of your neck and now it's into your heart area, your chest. we would just like you to imagine that it is becoming this ball of light. And that with each one of your heartbeats, let yourself tune into your heart. You are watching it grow brighter and brighter and brighter. As you stay here just for a moment, I want you to let this understanding, this different idea sink in that the force that makes your heart beat, the force that brought you here in a never-to-be-repeated event in all of human history or future. No one will ever be you again. That spark, your spark, that is your creative self. You are that. You are full of that. And every one of your breaths and every one of your choices, whether you're aware of it or not, is creating your life.
1: Can we just stay there?
0: Yeah.
1: It's beautiful. I could probably stay here for 45 minutes, but I don't know. (laughs) It's so beautiful.
0: Well, I know it'd be interesting to just actually be with silent air between us for 45 minutes. You know, right before I came on your show, Victoria, I did the part of my daily practice. One of them is journaling, using a journal. And for those people who really hate or don't think of themselves as good journalers or whatever, I love to reframe that and just say, this is a practice of listening to yourself. And so I did that right before I had a meeting with a gentleman in Ireland before this. And then I had some space in between and I sat down and used my journal as this space of listening to myself. And then right after that, because I had about 10 or 15 minutes before we came together here, I used a meditative practice. And I love what's coming out right now in showing us the brainwave states, the nervous system states. I know these are things you're very familiar with. But there's this chart that I love. It's called the polyvagal chart. And it shows the arousal between coming up out of the sort of the ground of our being where we're peaceful and connected and open to resources and ideas and social and all of these things. And that then we start up through the curve into fight or flight or into freeze. And there's nothing wrong with any of those states. That's our body and mind reacting to or responding to our environment. But to understand that the ground of your being, what happens when you allow yourself to relax deeply into that state, that is then where we get in touch with, we experience the openness, the peace, the resourcefulness of our creative selves.
1: Yeah, that's beautiful. And I think that we live in a world that tries to keep us out of there or teaches us to stay out of there rather than to be in that space. Right. Mm-hmm. We are learning to do, to create, to hear, to follow, to. And one of the things that I love about where the world is heading right now for many people is so many people are getting that call to to meditate, to get mm-hmm. centered, to be creative, to the words that come through are move into the space. Mm-hmm move into the space and Mm -hmm. you get it from everywhere. You get it from neuroscience, you get it from psychology, you get it obviously from spiritual teachings, and you even get it from books on creativity.
0: Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it does feel like a really exciting time to be alive. And, And I'm not one of these people who that's the only thing I'm willing to say. No, it's a terrifying time to be alive also for all of us. And the rate of change, Victoria, I love that. We just passed through this really intense period. 2020 for most of us was just an insane kind of year. And it to me, it was really more of a reflection or more of putting the spotlight on what has been there forever. And so the fact that so many people now that the world is trying to reopen in various ways, so many people go back to their jobs and say, I can't do this anymore. Right. And I don't know what's next, but I can't do this. Or I can't do it like this anymore. I think this is such an exciting time where people are being called, as you were just saying, we're being called to reorient, have this radical reorientation to our inner selves, our inner voice, our inner guidance.
1: Yeah. No, I feel that. I feel that in my own life. I feel that in my clients, in the people that come to me and the whys that they come to me, and the acceleration of the pace of growth for people right now. If you, you know, buy in and decide to hop on that train, it's Ginormous. And it's it's different than anything I've experienced. I've been practicing for about 12 years. So not not a really long time, but in that 12 years, the changes that I see now, it's incredible. Yeah. And I'm excited to be part of that, you know, and <laughs> and you are definitely part of that. So tell me a little bit about your story. How did you get to be the guy who wrote the creative cure? <laughs>
0: Oh, wow. Let me do that. But let me just preface that or go back for just a moment. We can come back to this if it makes sense later. But of course, what you were just saying, since we're talking about kind of broad movements and what's up in themes in society. um, A couple of three years ago, I was reading a World Economic Forum report and it has this, you know, in Victoria. These are the big money, the big data people. And they have every five years they do this report where, they look ahead and they do all these surveys and studies and they say these are the skills or abilities you need to focus on developing for your career survival well the 2019 report came out for 2020 and creativity had moved from the bottom of the top 10 list to number three some things had shown up on the list for the first time emotional intelligence cognitive flexibility Oh my God. And, and so I got all excited and I said, okay, so I can see now that this idea, these ideas are coming into the collective where we know that we need them. So I sent out a survey and studied with um, 10,000 people and said, what's your greatest creative challenge? The number one response, 74.3% of people said, I doubt my talents and abilities. I don't think I'm good enough. Wow. So that began this amazing, like I was in draft two or three of the Creative Cure book, but that began to help me understand the magnitude of what we're up to, like intuition, emotional intelligence, some of these right brain sort of attributes. We suddenly are becoming aware at the very highest levels of government and economics. We need these things. It's no longer just the option for those artsy people over there or those spiritual people over there. Like, but then, so the question is then how can we begin to actually develop those native powers, those native abilities. So that's part of what we're talking about today. And before I jump into my story, like I just wanted to make sure we got that in there because this, even for those of us who are sort of like naturally, oh, I'm creative, understanding this is no longer just this optional little thing we have going on over here.
1: No, I think that's huge. And I think for me personally, I've always thought of myself as a creative person and I've Mm -hmm. always thought of creativity as everything, as whatever I do. If I'm writing a book, if I'm doing a science experiment, I mean, I was a research psychologist. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's all creativity to me. So personally, I never thought about those things differently. But I was also blessed to be raised in an artistic household, a creative household. And I went to a very progressive school where we weren't kind of put into the box the way I think so many human beings are up until now where even art class and again i don't think just art class is the only place you get to be creative for me writing a paper doing everything is a creative act you know that is the force the generative force of the universe mm-hmm. but i did my internship in a middle school and watched the way art was taught and it was mind blowing for me because it was different than my own experience it was graded mm-hmm. it was structured it was this is how you do the project this is how you don't do the project This is the steps you take to make this. And for me, it was heartbreaking. Because for me, the artistic experience was I go to the art room and I paint. And sometimes the teacher comes over and says, what are you doing? And, you know, might offer some pointers or just say, wow, that's great. And I saw this whole other way. And I was like, wow, they're they're even strangling the creativity out of art.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. Isn't that it? I mean when you look at how this all develops, and this is the other thing I like to share with people is if we can look at culture or society so often people like you and I will go into these things and we will reference our culture does this, our society does this. If we can just remember that our culture and society was this product that we all did together over all these thousands of years, we all made these agreements and compromises and most of what was built was built out of reaction to fear. So it's like, We need these big, strong houses and these great big cars and all of these great big things. And so when you look at the development of our educational system through the industrial era, the revolution, how we began to widgetize everything and everyone needed to fit in as a gear in this vast machine that we're creating. And when we realize that and go... What we're doing here is really finding ourselves, again, remembering who we really are in the middle of this thing. And the pressure against that is certainly really great. But I love that we're having these kinds of conversations more and more to say, you get to be you and you get to decide what kind of life you want to live inside of this large machine.
1: Yeah. All right. The question that's coming into my brain now is you say in the book, and I agree with you a thousand percent, that we're all innately creative. We all are born with a connection to our creativity. Every child is just naturally there. And then oftentimes over the course of our lives, we lose that connection or we think we lose that connection because mm. you know, you're being creative all the time, even if you're not in touch with it, you can't not be. What are some steps people can take to rediscover, reconnect with their own conscious creativity?
0: I think the first step that we usually work with is reimagining actually putting it into a different place saying my creativity so many people victoria would come to me through my online workshops or for creative guidance sessions and they would say i need someone to kick my butt so that i can get creative i need someone to kick my butt so that i can finish writing this novel and what we would do when we would sit together would be this interesting exploration at first because i feel so strongly of the process of self-discovery who am i Who am I? Self-acceptance, once we have a little bit of self-discovery, we go, well, I'm beginning to become more and more interested in this person that I'm discovering. And so transformation is the inevitable process of those things of self-discovery. Who am I? What do I care about? What would I love? What do I need? So paying attention to and even making space for that in our lives, we were most of us taught from such a young age, your feelings and needs don't matter you need to fit in, you need to stand up straight, you need to quit daydreaming, you need to grow up, you need to be an adult, you need to quit using your imagination or that's just your... I mean, how many of these phrases just sound like, oh, right, yeah, that's how I was trained to become an adult.
1: Right. Yeah, that's a huge one. And that distinction between work and joy or imagination and work, right? It means that when you're serious, you actually are supposed to leave all the good stuff behind. (laughs) And that's the most important stuff, right? Your joy. Please do everything in life with joy. You know, the more, the better. And imagination is, I mean, that's your birthright. That's your gift. But a lot of us are taught stop daydreaming and, and get back to the boring stuff.
0: Yeah. On my site, maybe in the show notes, you can drop a link for people to download. I have a Creative Spark Multimedia Program. And really, Victoria, these are some of the most simple things we can do to begin to just tune back in. So using a very simple journaling practice that I have in there, and I have an imagination restoring visualization. It's about eight to 10 minutes long. So people say, you know, they want all these concepts, which that's left brain activity. Here, tell me more information about this. What I want to do is, yes, definitely love the left brain and love the processes of it, but also, so give it, take care of it, but also then let's go right into the experience of it. We're going to, we can sit here and talk about what fire is all we want, but we'll always be cold until we just walk over to the fire and stand there and get warm.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. One of the things that I love about the book is it's so hands-on and experiential. So you really manage that. And I also like it because you give a range of experiences and a range of activities and things that people can do they can try so it's really almost like a buffet that's how i mm-hmm. saw it certain things i was like yeah okay other things <laughs> i was like this is gold i'm going to i'm going to do this one every day <laughs> right and no but it's great so it's very accessible but the ideas are experienced at least that's the way that i think that you intended to set it up that's the way it landed with me
0: well, my publisher will be really happy to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I work with people, that it was funny you bring that up. My publisher uh, said, I need a list of the exercises you, or practices you share. If he could have seen me my eyes, I'd look like deer in the headlight. And like, oh no, because when I'm working with people, whether it's in person or in a group setting, what happens there, very fascinating practices happen there, but I don't write them down. They And I'm, I know you'll understand this, like, they happen in the moment, in the connection. And so that was an interesting process of going backwards and saying, okay, yes, let's put together some of these. But I honestly, I said, I don't have a uh, a notebook full of practices and exercises. And he just laughs. okay, well, this will take some work then.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I think that whenever we're following our intuition, it just happens. Yeah. Right. You don't necessarily have a list. The left brain wants to say, these are the 10 things and these are the 10 steps. And I'm going to walk you through the 10 steps and it's step... we do this. (laughs) But yeah, I can't work that way anymore. Like, yeah, it's it's too limiting.
0: Well, and you know, I love meeting all of us where we are. Some of us, you and I are likely wired to have more access to the emotions the intuition that you know the noticing of connections between disparate ideas or things others are just wired my brother Nate's a great example he's just very much wired to want the structure and all of that and so what i love to say is this isn't about changing at all how you're wired it's about regrowing neural pathways regrowing the connections so that you get to experience life you get to create life with all of your psyche, with all of yourself, rather than just how you are conditioned to most of what happens with making checklists and all of that. Most of that is genuinely trying to control anxiety for most of us, you know? And by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. Just we need to understand that there is also a way to step outside of that very structured linear approach to things and go, Oh my God, this is why when you asked earlier on, what's the connection between intuition and creativity to me they they exist in the same place they're in the ground of everyone's being
1: right and they are constantly cooperating because to me intuition is the receptive and creativity is the generative mm-hmm. i mean i don't know if that makes sense and so they're yeah. always going back and forth and creativity in my understanding but i want to hear what you have to say it comes through our intuitive nature mm-hmm. right as our intuition works through as it comes forth as creativity
0: yeah no, I feel that very much. And if we can just all imagine that our our intuition is like this guidance system, internal guidance system, and it connects with sensations in our body. It connects with premonitions and all of these different things, many of which are hard to describe through a very linear process. But when we understand that, it's like Paulo Coelho talks about, I've lived my life through this. Strange experience that I call signs. And so he talks about, you know, connecting with signs, with synchronicities, various ways of just being open to guidance in his life and then watching how those things can lead forward. And that's, I think a lot of people, Victoria, feel a little tension between the idea of being and doing and um, to me, it's sort of like this conversation about intuition and creativity, like being the openness, the opening up to all the information and guidance it feels a lot like intuition and doing is like the generative, as you just said, it's the expression of, right. it's expression of this next step in my life.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. You said something before that reminded me in your book, you talk a lot about emotions and you talk mm-hmm. a lot about and I don't want to misquote you, but this is how I understood <laughs> it. If we're not in touch with our emotions, we'll block our creativity. Mm. Did I sum that up?
0: I think it's beautiful. Yeah. Good
1: deal. <laughs> Can we talk a little bit about that?
0: Yeah. Well, and you're doing the same kind of work with people. Tell me how does blocking emotions block intuition?
1: For me, the way that I always look at healing work is it's around becoming present of whatever is. And so a lot of times we've been taught certain feelings, certain thoughts, certain emotions are not valuable or they're not allowable. And so we just stick them in a corner or they're Mm. really painful and the presence of them just feels overwhelming. So again, we put them aside, which is a very natural, healthy thing to do, especially in the moment. But over time, whatever we disallow becomes a block in our space, right? Mm. It becomes a block in our energy. It becomes a block in our awareness because... The real goal is, and again, goal is a left-brain word, but the ideal is where we can become present of whatever's going on internally or externally. And so when we can start to make peace with, become present with whatever we're experiencing, that's where the river of life, intuition, whatever you want to call it, starts flowing again.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's exactly transferable to. So if we imagine that creativity is like the sap in a tree or even more personally, the blood in your veins and arteries. Imagine what happens when blood stops flowing to one of our extremities, right? You know, it goes to sleep, it dies. Same thing happens in a tree. And so if we can imagine that creativity is meant to flow through your entire being, your entire experience of life, just like the blood does in your veins, it's like, oh, that's what helped people begin to go. Oh, I see. I see. I've been trying to only express my creative self through this one thing over here that is finishing this novel or whatever it is. And when we would sit together, they would say, I don't know why, but I'm feeling really led to clean my garage. I don't know how that fits in this creative space, but I'm feeling like that's what I should do. And so I'd go, well, why don't you start with that? And so they would do that. And a couple of weeks later, we'd have a session and they would say something like, Oh my God, I didn't even realize by following that nudge to clean my garage first, that I was going to be going back through boxes that were left over from the divorce that were stuffed out there. And there were boxes from when my parents died and I needed to go through and look at those pictures. And they said, oh my God, even just the act of decluttering was great. But they said, I didn't realize how many stored emotions, how many things I had stuffed out there. And they're like, suddenly I feel so open, clear. There's space now to focus on this other creative expression called the novel I'm trying to write. And I'm just so fascinated by how those things connect. And that's why everything is everything. Like wherever we find the hot spot, let's go there first. And then just watch what kind of space happens around it. And your mind
1: often has an idea of how things are supposed to be done, how it's supposed to go, what you're supposed to do. Some of it's our conditioning. And your intuition always knows the fastest way to get the job done. So, again, I think yeah. this is a great example of somebody listening to and following those intuitive nudges. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we pose a question like, how do I get over my block on this novel? Our intuition will answer it for us. It's just about listening. And the other thing that I love my left brain for is after the fact it will say oh that's why you did that <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what it's there for right exactly. afterwards it connects the dots and it's like oh now that makes sense but i think intuition and probably creativity as well you have to step into that space of the unknown yes right because the mind needs to know everything but <laughs> the mind it's, it's good for explaining afterwards the real gold happens when we step into the space of the unknown and we let things go from there
0: Hmm. Yeah. Well, I just felt my shoulders relax when you said that. It's such an interesting experience to step beyond what we do know, what we think we know, right? I find it interesting that on the temple at Delphi, the inscriptions are, most of us who are familiar with this one, know thyself. So self-discovery. Second one is everything in moderation, which is an interesting one. And the third one is surety is ruin, which is right. Isn't that fascinating? It's like as we begin to approach this, who am I? Why am I here? What would I love to create? If we also approach it with the understanding that part of the tendency of our brain is to then push us into an extreme pursuit of chase of saying, okay, this is my new identity. This is who I am and going, I'm going to approach myself and this whole process with curiosity. And that last maxim, surety is ruined. Like, withhold certainty, withhold judgment, say, I'm approaching this not knowing how it's going to turn out. I'm also learning to approach it with a greater sense that the universe does have my back, that I am being guided in this mysterious process. And what I find helps a lot, Victoria, is just saying, what if we give ourselves recesses? This is how it had to start for me. I would sit down and try to meditate or just even try to relax. And my adult brain, the conditioned brain, was just on my shoulder. You haven't done enough today. You're not getting enough done. What the hell are you doing? Sitting down, being quiet and relaxing right now. Don't you know you should be working hard? And so what I finally had to do is just say, okay, first of all, thank you. You've helped me accomplish a lot in my life. And I'm gonna take a five minute recess. And I'm just going to go into this space for five minutes. Is that okay? And we'll come back and get right back to all the busyness. And it was interesting over the course of a few weeks of trying that, I began to find that when I wasn't just like trying to push away this adult brain self, but go, Hey, you have a job to do and you do it really well. So thank you for that. And I'm going to take a recess and it's going to be five minutes. I found that there began to be this inner permission that says, no, you should do that. There's a subtle shift that began to happen where I then began to make more and more time and space for it, Victoria. And as that happened, I found that the, the roles began to reverse in my brain where there was I was being led forward by my heart, by my intuition, by joy, right? And I found that when that other part became more comfortable that someone is in charge and that my job isn't being taken away, the left brain side is not a wonderful CEO, but when it is given no choice, it steps into that role and tries to then order everything according to its own processes.
1: That's huge. That's absolutely huge. And I think a lot of times, too, we we argue with it. We try to cajole it. We try to bully it. And by the way, that's all our mind still. <laughs> it's all just the mind playing with the mind, playing with the mind. But when you say, hey, friend, I know why you're here and I honor you. Could we try something else? For just five minutes. I mean, I think that's brilliant. I think that's brilliant. And it's a way to kind of reorient to uh, letting that higher wisdom start to come in and run the show.
0: Well, and I think that a lot of us spiritually types, so maybe a lot of people who listen to your show, already have a lot of access to emotions, to feelings, to intuition. In fact, some of us can feel really mired by that and say, I have all of these and I can feel the creativity. I can feel these ideas in there. I don't know how to put them into practice in the real world, or I keep being stymied by that. And then the people who are more wired you know, for left brain dominance, they just tend to distrust the emotional, the intuitive, the non-connected. And so what I love to is invite all of us into is saying, however you're wired in a dominant sense, by allowing yourself to move into these things, we're gonna do some some workouts that are going, and it's the most relaxing workouts in the world. But um, it's these workouts, and what it's doing is it's actually regrowing neural pathways, it's regrowing the connection so that we have access to both because just one or just the other is always gonna get us lopsided.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you're here in this human container and you have a mind, there's a reason for that. I love mine <laughs> I love mine. it does a lot of really good things and it yeah. it definitely helps me function in the world and I'm glad to have one yeah for sure. there was something you said before way back about surety from Delphi. I can't remember the quote now, which mm-hmm. not to be weird, but uh, when you said that I had like a full body knowing that we have met there before <laughs> so um <laughs> Whether you think that's odd or not, I'm going to share. But
0: Victoria, I wrote a book called Blessed Are the Weird. I think I'm okay with (laughs) fear.
1: Yay, thank you for permission. That is the next book on my list, my friend, 1,000%. Um, I need that book right now. And I have to say, what I love about guests like you, what I love about the show and what I'm so blessed to have is your authenticity. Mm -hmm. Right?
0: Thank you.
1: You know, there's not a lot of people out there that are... I want to get this from the guides, that are able and, and willing to be who they are. Mm-hmm. So it's huge. It's huge for you, and it's huge for everyone whose lives you touch.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I just wanted to share that.
0: <laughs> Thank you.
1: It's something I, I hope to do as well, as much as I can. So I'm, I'm getting your book, But I've been told with intuition, the way that I always understand it is intuition is what's true for us in the now, in the present moment, right? Surety, Is what the brain's job is to create a world in formlessness by telling us what's true forever. Its job is to create structure. We need structure. If we don't have a certain amount of structure, then we'll just be, we won't be here. Mm -hmm. So I get that. But again, it's not getting lost in the structure that the mind wants to create. Allowing it to be there, but your intuition will tell you what's true now. And that's really all you need. And then the structure that your mind creates is just to help you navigate the human world and to understand because we have things like time that I can feel into how on the highest sense they don't exist. But when I'm doing the human thing, (laughs) you know, and and I say that I'm going to be on this recording at 10 a.m., it's a good thing if I actually get there on time, Yeah. right? So I feel like it's a dance between those two things. And it's just a matter of the fact that we often get lost in the structure. Humanity's gotten lost in the structure. And so they've forgotten at the center of that structure is the now, is the nothingness, is our guidance. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how that lands, but that's what I was thinking when you were saying that.
0: Yeah. I really feel like this is such a time for so many of us who have forced ourselves into jobs or, you know, situations that weren't a great fit but we're hiding kind of all of this other weird stuff about ourselves because it's like, how, how do you make that work out there in the world? How does that pay the the bills? How, you know, all of those things. And I feel so strongly that allowing ourselves now we're in a time, I feel like we're in the middle of a high Renaissance, maybe the highest one, this current version of the world has ever seen, which comes with its own, like during the times of high Renaissance, Freedoms expand, technology expands, all these things expand. But it's also a time of such rapid growth and change that what happens is people who aren't doing their inner work can stay locked in anxiety and reactions. So they're in fight or flight most of the time. Therefore, people are locking down harder and harder on what seems certain, even though it's like, oh my God, the last two years, which major institution hasn't suffered a tremendous blow, loss of our trust in it as a collective? like. Who really trusts the government to have our back? Who really trusts big business at this point? And none of us can trust what the press is having to say. Oh, and by the way, organized religion has pretty much, for most people, has pretty much lost its its allure as, oh yeah, this tells me how to live in this world. So we're living in this time of tremendous freedom, which means that we're being called into those of us who are willing are being called into taking over the authorship of our lives to look at our own lives as art. And realize that we are the artists. So that's what we're being called back into. And it reminds me, Victoria, when Carl Jung, God, and this was at the early 1900s, one of his patients came in all anxious and said, Dr. Jung, can, can the world avoid an apocalypse? Of course, they meant the, you know, destruction of all things. And Carl Jung was silent for a while and he said, yes, if enough people do their inner work. And so what we're talking about, I mean, I since I've read that, I've read some of Carl Jung's books and it's like, oh my God, I wish we could have him here today to look at, because he was so prescient with so many of the things he saw back then. But I believe now that those of us who are willing to do the inner work and like the theme of your whole show here, Victoria, and your work with people reconnecting. See, I don't feel like the inner self, the inner creative, intuitive, powerful self, that is never lost. That spark is never lost. What happens though, is that through the course of being pushed into adulthood or going there, we learn to create a self that is not the actual inner self. And we create that to go out and survive and operate in the world. So there's nothing wrong with it. But in the process of that, the connection between that self, who we think we are out there, and the true inner self, that connection gets thinner and thinner. It becomes full of static. And so a lot of people just say, I don't even know who I am anymore. So what we are talking about, the work you do, the work I do, we're not healing the inner self. We're healing the connection to it.
1: Yeah, that's huge. That's huge. And I agree with you a million percent. And that was so well said that I'm wordless. (laughs) It's true. And I think it's the mind game of healing too is I gotta fix this. I gotta do this. I gotta right. It's the same program that we apply to our healing and you are completely whole inside. Yes. It's just about remembering that and reconnecting with that. So that was so beautifully put.
0: Well, and that's really where this came from, too, Victoria. And I want to be mindful of how much time you have left and whatever else you want to focus on. But I do want to say that I grew up in a, you know, fundamentalist Christian cult and Um, was very, very compliant. But I still had these questions. And it wasn't until I really pulled threads later in life and began to ask these questions, who am I? Who am I? And then began to see the pervasive influence of the idea of original sin that says, you are born broken and you need a savior. And whether that's religious or whether it's in the self-help or fitness or business success industries, any of these things Anything that, that comes to you with the message that said you yourself are broken and you must have this system, this idea, this process to become a whole, those are all connected to a very old and very faulty idea of being broken where none of us is broken.
1: No, absolutely. Absolutely. And I like the part too, where you say you need this to fix you. You you have it inside. Yeah. The way I understand the work that I do and the way I know that the work that you do, it's we're the conduit, we're the vehicle, we're the vessel to remind you of what you already
0: know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if we can just reflect that. If we just reflect, and I just love watching that. I'm going to get emotional here. I love I love watching that happen when someone has this moment of relief, of I'm okay. Who I really am is Perfect is true. And I want to practice every day remembering a little bit more of who that is and how it wants to be here in the world. Like that to me is that's worth all this stuff. That's worth all the work that I, you know, do.
1: So, you're making me cry too, (laughs) because that is so beautiful. And I could talk to you forever, but (laughs) uh, I usually limit these episodes to not forever. I hope that we'll get to talk again because I have another thousand questions and things that I wanted to (laughs) to ask you. But before we wrap up, the one question I ask everyone on the show is how do you experience your intuition?
0: Well, I experience it as a practice every day of remembering of actually remembering to tune in and say, what do I need? How do I feel? What do I need? What would I love to create today? And what I find is opening up that space around those questions gives that inner self. the. It's like I open the door and say, I want to be led today by something outside of my anxious mind. Would you please show up and serve up the experiences, the connections, the opportunities that will help me know that I'm on the right track. Because sometimes those things show up in ways that are really surprising to me, Victoria. I'm like, how could this possibly, this next decision, how could this possibly be the the one that it doesn't make sense, but it feels so very clear and clean. And so that's, I don't know a good, succinct way to answer your question, but that is my experience. And my experience is of a growing trust in that so that it becomes more of a way of life.
1: You know, that's how we started this conversation. (laughs) I was sharing sharing my moment with that. So that's a really good place to end. Jacob, this has been amazing. I've had so much fun talking to you. I can't wait to share your magic with our listeners. If people want to get in touch with you, want to do a workshop, want to find the book, want to, I don't know what else, work with you, can you tell us, can you tell them where to find you?
0: (laughs) Uh, You know, my brand new project website is out there in the world and it has some of these wonderful resources. So you can uh, go to instituteforcreativeliving.org. There's a place to send a message and my folks will make sure I get it, but there's information about the book. There's also this Creative Spark Multimedia program on there for free, and I would love to share that with you.
1: All right. Beautiful. And as always, we'll have all that information in the show notes. So thank you, Jacob, so much for being my guest today. I just love this conversation, and I know that our listeners are going to really love it too. Thank all of you too for tuning in, and namaste. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that you found joy, strength, inspiration, and clarity from today's episode. Thank you so much again, and namaste.
0: Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patris, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.